Hello, and welcome to a special preview episode of the AESA Graduate Student Coalition podcast. I'm your host, Tim Moria, and today I'm joined by Robin Resigno, PhD candidate at Rutgers University and grad student representative at large on the AESA Executive Council. We talked through the graduate program offerings at the 2019 AESA annual meeting in Baltimore. The meeting is just around the corner, running October 30th through November 3rd, 2019. And I would really encourage graduate students, if you're undecided or if you're on the fence about going, to try and make it. Not only has Robin, along with many others, worked to put together an amazing community and justice-driven program, but it provides a a chance to build important relationships that will sustain and guide you through the PhD. This is definitely something that has been extremely important for me and my PhD journey. Robin and I will talk about this and much else in the episode. As a reminder, the conference theme is El Pueblo Unido a Más Será Vencido. It's kind of hard to, <laughs> to talk through that without chanting, but it's talking about critical community building for social justice in devices times. This year's conference theme builds upon previous themes centering risk, collaboration, love, remembering, and connections within differences. Participants are encouraged to consider the role of critical community building, coalition, solidarity, and Pueblo work in efforts to promote social justice in educative spaces. I hope to see you all there. First, Robin, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what your interests are, and and what your research agenda is right now? Sure. Hey, Tim. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to to chatting. Um, I am a uh, third year and newly minted ABD um, student at Rutgers University in the Department of Education, Theory, Organization, and Policy. Um, My work is primarily... um, critical disability studies work, uh, more specifically kind of emergent field of critical autism studies. So I I study primarily uh, the history of early behaviorism. So I've been doing a lot of archival work over the summer, spending a lot of my time in the Skinner archives, which have been uh, fascinating and terrifying. Um, I was going to say horrifying. As, uh, you know, the very best type of archival work, right? So, uh, yeah, so it's been... My dissertation uh, that I'm proposing is looking at the history of early behaviorism from a kind of Marxist lens. So I'm looking at the kind of financial relationships between um, all different people in the kind of field of early behaviorism, what their relationships were, their publishing goals, etc. So that's kind of the main gist of uh, of my work. But I'm I'm specifically interested in how behaviorism, or now we call it ABA has become uh, the kind of foremost therapy for children with autism and and why exactly that is um, when behaviorism has been largely abandoned in a lot of other fields, but it's had a pretty strong hold in the kind of autism treatment realm. So that's my kind of main critical question. Great. And uh, for folks that haven't checked it out yet, there was a special issue in uh, educational studies uh, just a few months ago that came out, um, it was a disability issue and Robin's work 
she has an article in there, and the article title is uh, Neuroqueerness as Fugitive Practice, Reading Against the Grain of Applied Behavioral Analysis Scholarship. And hopefully you'll come back on uh, to talk through that article as well, because definitely uh, these are things that I need to, to learn more about. So hopefully we can count on you to come back for that as well. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to come back and talk about it. And yeah, that issue, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so happy to be a part of it. It's really just everything in it is amazing. And it was um, co-edited by Nirmala Aravalis and uh, Lisa Lauenheiser, you know, just tremendous uh, scholars and also just really kind and generous mentors. And they also uh, are ASA members. So we're, uh, we're so lucky to have them, um, you know, at the conference and to to also develop relationships with graduate students, which they both are kind of models for. And so uh, we have about a month until the ASA uh, meeting, the annual meeting in Baltimore, and uh, the Graduate Student Coalition has three major events, two of which are sessions, and then the business meeting. The first one is Thursday, October 31st, from 3.30 to 5 in the Hyatt Region... Regency, Floor 2, Constellation D, I think I have that all, and the name is uh, Anti-Racism Workshop with the Baltimore Racial Justice Action. The second uh, graduate student council session is Community Scholarship and Activism, Collective Struggle Beyond the Academy. That is going to be Saturday, November the 2nd from 145 to 315 Hyatt Regency Floor 3, Chesapeake A. And then finally, the business meeting will be Friday evening from 8 to 9.30. But just before we get into a little bit more about each session, what were just some of your goals in contacting individuals and putting together um, this program? Because I think it's a little different than what the graduate students have done in the past, um, but it's going to be very, very relevant and actually very meaningful for community-based work. Yeah, thank you so much for asking, Tim. So in the past, the graduate sessions uh, have been specifically related to concerns of graduate students, mostly related to the job market, networking, um, and different kinds of professionalization kind of sessions, um, which have been really valuable and helpful to a lot of graduate students. Um, this year, we looked at the theme for the for uh, the annual meeting, and we were thinking really about how we could as a graduate organization, really connect with the community in Baltimore, right? So we wanted to think about, um, you know, how could we use, uh, you know, what little money we have, one, to kind of uh, put money into the community, um, and also to kind of open up a dialogue in a really meaningful way. Um, So we had a lot of conversations about what that would look like. And so what we we're thinking was that we would reach out to local activists um, and invite them to, to come and kind of collaborate with us in these sessions. So we've put together two different sessions. Um, and I guess, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about them, but uh, that was the main aim really was to have a, a really meaningful connection um, with the community in Baltimore. And that's been, you know, the aim of all of the sessions. Yeah. And, and I, I'm very lucky, you know, to have been a part of some of those conversations and, one of the things that, that I'm very proud of um, is how we're going to try and, and, and really make the, the, the graduate student offerings much more inclusive. Um, and it, especially what we mean by that is in the past, we've used you know some of the, like you said, the little funds that we have 
on things like food and drink, which can sometimes, you know, exclude certain people and for all number of reasons. But you've really made it a point to put, you know, the funds that we have back into the communities that um, I was going to say invite us in, but oftentimes really have no choice. Um, We go into those places and host our conference and really don't connect with those communities. So I just think that's really neat. And and I want to thank you for that. I'm, I'm, well, thank you, Tim, because it's been, you know, such a collaboration between all of us and I, you know, we all kind of had this idea for to do something kind of new and it took, you know, a lot of us, uh, to kind of move the needle and make some really hard decisions. Right. So, um, instead of having what we've usually had is like a social event at night, we've made some, some concessions on that in order to be able to do these events in a way that we felt was really fair and equitable to the people that were asking to come in and do things for us. Right. So oftentimes we invite people to conferences thinking that coming is some sort of reward in in and of itself. Right. Um, but being the, the, you know, good Marxist that I am and that I know you, uh, think about things like this too. We've really thought about what does our engagement look like also, um, from a kind of material perspective. Um, so not asking people to come and talk to us for free, for example. So we've really all together made that decision. And it was a really, because we had such a good team, it was really, you know, easy to kind of put those priorities into perspective. Segwaying from that, the, the first session, uh, which is, like I said, Thursday, October 31st, Halloween, uh, we will be lucky enough to learn from the Baltimore Racial Justice Action Group. And so can you tell us a little bit about what to expect there and what that group does and uh, how it would be a, a fantastic thing that nobody wants to miss? <laughs> yeah, so um, so that one, the most important thing that I just want to say is that there will be a, an, an attendance cap for that session. So what's going to happen is that I'm working with them right now to develop um, a kind of uh, pre-survey and uh, sign up like an event, right? We're going to limit it to about 30 people. And the reason that is, is because what we're planning, um, Baltimore Racial Justice Action does anti-racism trainings all over Baltimore for, you know, different organizations, universities, etc. cetera. Um, and their approach is really a collaborative and kind of reflective approach where people are going to be doing kind of individual work on themselves, right? And sharing and, and processing some of um, the things that they need to process, right? So what we're going to do is we'll send that out um, to graduate students first. And so uh, graduate students can sign up. And then if, if we don't fill the seats, then we'll, we'll open it up to the general membership. But the, the goal there really is it's less so a presentation um, but a space for kind of really for earnest kind of reflection and engagement with um, anti-racism work. Great. Um and then the, the second uh, major session that the Grad Student Council is hosting uh, is called Community Scholarship and Activism, Collective Struggle Beyond the Academy. That one is Saturday from one forty-five to, to 3.15. And so once again, just tell us what to expect from, from that session. Yeah, so that one, we're, we're still filling in a couple of the details, but as of right now, the, the vision for that was to think about, you know, how, how we can have a collaborative conversation between activists, community scholars, 
um, and academics. So on that panel right now, the discussion is going to be uh, Nirmala Ervalis. And um, on the panel, we're very so excited. We're going to have uh, Lydia XC Brown, who is a, a trans autistic activist and does sort of phenomenal work on the intersections of racism and ableism, um, and who, who I know from our kind of shared work on restraint and seclusion activism, or anti-restraint and seclusion activism uh, for students with disabilities. And also on that will be uh, Dr. Subini Anima, uh, whose uh, book, uh, Pedagogy of Pathologization, <laughs> um, is about the kind of intersection of the criminal justice system, racism, and ableism. And then we're also going to have a uh, sort of local activist, uh, Nicole Hansen from Out for Justice, uh, which is uh, an, or- an organization that works with people who are um, either uh, formerly incarcerated um, or impacted by the criminal justice system. They And they advocate for reform, um, et cetera. So we're looking at... Uh, a lot of different intersections between racism, ableism, um, and different forms of incarceration, including restraint and seclusion, as well as the criminal justice system. Wow. I mean, it really sounds like not only is it going to be an amazing learning uh, opportunity for all of us, but really just a privilege and an honor to, to be with some of these folks uh, that, that are doing the work. And I know sometimes uh, as academics are, are, are really our goal is to be with those people, but for a whole bunch of structural reasons, it doesn't happen. So I just think that this is what such a powerful way that hopefully graduate students can drive some of these conversations going forward. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be like you know, as much as that, that kind of professionalization stuff is so important. A lot of us get that at our in- institutions or seek it out in other places, but I think this will be a really nice opportunity for us to come together around issues that I see graduate students um, really kind of taking the lead on and doing activism around and sort of opening up this as a critical space um, that we can have these kinds of hard conversations and we can kind of take the lead on that. So I think it's, I think it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be a great opportunity for people to network with some really kind of uh, academic and uh, activist rock stars um, and also to really be involved in, you know, critical conversations about really, really important issues. Yeah, and then that kind of you mentioned, you know, that professionalization piece, you know, th- there still are opportunities for that as well. And one of the major ones is is that last event, which is the the graduate student business meeting. And, you know, I know a lot of people when they hear that, and, and when I was first coming to conferences, when I heard business meeting, I was like, why would I come to that? But it really is a chance for us to set uh, a path towards what we want to do in the next year. Um plus with as graduate students and it's really a time to meet people potentially that are a little bit farther ahead of you in in this process and in this journey and times for you to to ask them for some of that professional guidance if you don't get that at your university Um, and so I know one of the things that I always want to do is encourage people to come to that because we're always looking for folks that are going to be taking on the leadership and then having the impact that that, like you're having Robin right by guiding guiding these conversations. So I know I've already talked about it a little bit, but, you know, why is it important for a grad student to come to the business meeting, you know, if they, uh, if maybe they didn't know what it was or if they didn't have it on their radar already? 
Yeah, thank you. Um, I think one, like exactly like you said, it's, it is extremely uh, valuable space for networking and connecting with folks who are going through similar things as graduate students. Uh, some students may be, you know, farther along and maybe have gone through, you know, a couple of seasons of uh, conference applications, et cetera, et cetera, or maybe even have been on the job market or entering the job market. So we can connect with each other and form relationships that can help us and, and hopefully, you know, grow into long relationships as we enter into, you know, wherever we're entering, tenure track jobs, uh, you know, sort of alt act spaces, et cetera. Um, the other thing is that at that meeting, we're going to talk specifically about what the graduate student council does, um, and how people can get involved in that. One, it's extremely, uh, valuable, to get involved because you'll get to learn kind of how an organization such as that works, maybe take on some sort of initiative that you could put on your CV and learn some kind of valuable skills that you could transfer, uh, you know, onto your um, academic job search, right? So those things are really important, but I I can't stress enough the kind of personal relationships that you make at these things have been really you know, that I've made for at, at different kinds of business meetings have really led to, you know, different types of collaborations, uh, you know, people that you can go to for specific questions. So this year um, I'm on a panel at ASA um, that I put together with three other scholars that I met at other conferences, not the same one. Um, but I met one person at ESA last year at the business meeting and then another person at a smaller disability studies conference. Um, and we put together a, a conference panel t- this year um, and, you know, it was accepted and now we're presenting all together. And so that relationship has just been solidified. And so it's a great space to maybe network with some people who have some you know, similar interests with you that you may even want to turn into a more of a, an official type of collaboration. So it's just really beneficial and it's a smaller space. Um, so I know some people are like myself are not necessarily the most, um, outgoing or don't, uh, aren't the kind of person that's going to be the life of the cocktail hour or whatever. Um, but in a small space like that, it's kind of semi-structured and it's a really nice opportunity to get to know people in a really kind of small and close knit environment that if, if that's your, uh, strength and it's I think it's a lot easier to talk in that that type of environment absolutely and I don't want to speak for you by any means but I will say about myself if, if there are any graduate students you know that you know is are looking to be more involved or that have questions or or, or anything like that you know please find me at the business meeting and I'm more than willing to, to chat to, to to grab a coffee at some point later or whatever it is, um, because as Robin has said, those relationships that I've made um, have been so important in, in almost getting through <laughs> as a grad student. So um, just in closing, uh, Robin, is there anything you'd like to say about what the Graduate Student uh, Coalition has planned for ASA or just any tips at all if you were, you know, or are coming to your first annual meeting? 
Yeah, so um, the one thing I wanted to say is that we're working on a plan right now where we're going to have an opportunity every day um, for a lunch meetup. So it's not necessarily an officially uh, an official thing. Uh, we're not, you know, it's not a planned lunch that the Grad Student Coalition is like paying for or something, but we're going to have a sign-up sheet just so if you are the type of person like I was at my first conference wandering around um, looking for someone to be nice to me. I'm um, still that person. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have, um, we're going to have a sign up sheet and then we'll just have a, a, a meeting time, you know, noon or whatever, um, that people can meet up. And that way, if there's a handful of people that don't know anybody, they can kind of, we're going to facilitate that process, uh, for folks who may, uh, you know, like me, <laughs> um, have a hard time finding someone to meet up for lunch with, um, so we're going to kind of uh, provide some opportunities like that. And then tips-wise would be introduce yourself to people if you can. Um, you know, if you find someone that you know and they know someone that, you, that you'd like to meet, it's totally fine and normal to ask someone to introduce you to someone. Um, and those were things that I, uh, you know, I realized that other people do. Um, and so I've started to do that too. And I've got to meet some people that um, I wouldn't have otherwise, you know, maybe had the guts to just walk up to. So that's like a great strategy. Also, um, going to the, the main lectures and also the, the, receptions afterwards. Um, it's sometimes nice space to just kind of like mingle a little bit. Um, and if you find me or Nora or Tim, um, you know, feel free to come up to us and, and, you know, chat with us or ask us to introduce you to anyone that we know. Um, and, you know, just kind of, uh, work the relationships that you already have to kind of widen up the people that, you know, um, cause these things are, um, sometimes seem like a kind of insurmountable, uh, social scenario. Um, but it really, just a few familiar faces can make it really um, much more manageable and approachable. So um, we would be so happy to be that for you. So please find us. Absolutely. And I'll give um, a shameless plug in closing. Um, I think in the future, Robin is going to be helping out with some of these podcasts and, and we might do some of them together. But, you know, if you are a grad student, um, even if you're not a grad student listening to this and you'd like to talk through um, some of your work, especially at a place like ASA where you should already have the paper in your hand if you're presenting, um, you know, we, we want to be able to record some episodes or at least make some, uh, you know, appointments to record episodes. So, you know, find us. Um, and, and we can talk through that as well. So believe it or not, by the time this probably posts, it'll be about a month out till Baltimore. So Robin, I, I look forward to seeing you there. Um, and just thank you so much for all that you have planned and done for this year's program. It is going to be fantastic. <laughs> really appreciate it. And that will wrap up a special preview episode of the Graduate Coalition offerings for the 2019 AESA annual meeting, which is going down in just a few weeks in Baltimore. I'd like to thank Robin once again, not only for stopping in for a few minutes to chat, but also for all of her hard work in organizing the sessions and the program. Once again, if you are going to be in Baltimore and you would like to share some insights or some thoughts from a paper you are presenting or any other work, please reach out. We'd love to expand the podcast 
and hear from a bunch of different voices. Also, if you are a grad student and you would like to grab a coffee or anything like that because it is your first meeting, please reach out to myself or Robin or anybody else in the Graduate Student Coalition. Our hope and our goal is to make you feel as welcome as possible. Until next time, y'all, have a great day, and we'll talk later.